This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today, I want to talk about social sales success. I sat down and thought, how can I kind of put all these attributes, characteristics, activities, and behaviors of a a successful social salesperson, try saying that fast or after a couple drinks, that's tough, but successful social salesperson, what are these attributes? Well, I've decided to break it down to the nine C's of a social salesperson or social sales success. So here's our nine C's of a social sales success. First one is curiosity. Second is curation. Third is creation. Fourth is collaboration. Fifth is community. Sixth is combination. Seven is calendar driven. Eighth is commitment. And ninth is CRM. So those are our nine C's of social sales success. So let's start with number one, curiosity. This is actually an important attribute for any entrepreneur and sales professional, not just social sales. In fact, a lot of these nine C's we're going to go through can apply to anybody in selling or entrepreneurship, but let's talk about it in the context of social selling. So the first C is curiosity. My good friend, Jeff Booth, CEO of Build Direct, one of the things that him and I talked about a number of years ago when I asked him about, you know, what makes a a great salesperson on your team? For him, the big one actually for him was curiosity. And Jeff truly believed it was actually easier to find curious people than it was to teach curiosity. In fact, some people are inherently just more curious than other people. So if you can find someone that's got a desire to win and is absolutely curious, that's a really, really key attribute of a successful salesperson. Now let's talk about curiosity a little bit here. Number one, I think when we think about you being curious as a social salesperson, this is where we're always looking for new ways to succeed. Even if we're at the the top end of our team and busting quotas. Our, our question isn't, hey, you know, how do I do this again today, next year? Our question is, hey, how do I do this better tomorrow? How can I get the extra edge? What else can I do to grow? What are the other guys doing? What's happening in other industries? How are other people outside of my industry using social selling to succeed? And how can I adapt that? So really great social salespeople have that attribute of curiosity. They also see obstacles as truly, or problems, as truly just challenges, uh, things they need to solve. They never see them as roadblocks. And so they really look and they're curious as to how they're going to move through this next challenge. In addition to this, they're absolutely inquisitive investigate, and investigative. These are the people who will hang on every word of their prospect. They'll dig in and not just read the front page of someone's website, but they'll dig through every page. They'll look at the background of the CEO. They'll look at who's doing business with them. They'll look at their competitors. They're very, very curious and investigative, and it makes them very powerful as salespeople and relationship builders. So that's curiosity, number one. Number two is curation. So in social selling, one of the most important things or most important tools that you're going to have is content. Content drives conversations. It keeps you relevant. In addition to this, it keeps you top of mind. So if you're curating great content you find on the internet and you're sharing it with your network of prospects and customers, then what this does is this allows you to consistently stay top of mind. So when I log into LinkedIn, if you're sharing great content every day, there's a good chance that it's going to be your share that shows up at the top of my home feed on LinkedIn. 
If you're consciously segmenting your list of prospects and customers on LinkedIn or through your email list, finding specific content for those customers, and then sharing best practices, industry insights, etc. to them, then what happens is that's going to also really establish you as a resource. So by curating great insights and content, social content, it establishes you as a resource. In addition to this, in order to be able to curate one or two really great pieces of media, whether it's video, an infographic, a study, a blog post, a podcast like this one, then what happens is you're going to have to listen to a whole bunch. And that's really what a great curator is. It's someone who sorts through industry content and insights and is able to find the best of the best and then share it with the network that trusts them. And so curation is a very, very important aspect. So number two, great social salespeople, social sales successes are great at curation. Number three is creation. So the next step after curation after you get good at reading and you establish a knowledge base and you truly have learned about your industry and you want to share your own personal experiences and insights about the industry, you want to move into the area of creation or content creation. So your next step is where we move from just being a great resource to actually being a thought leader, a content creator. In addition to this, creation allows you to create magnetic content and value specific to your audience. So I think one of the challenges is if you're going to go out and try to look for value in the marketplace to share with your customers through other bloggers and other resources, that's that's great, but it's not always a fit. But if you're listening and observing your customers and your prospects on a regular basis, and you understand what they need to move to the next level in their business to avoid pains or to achieve their goals then you're able to specifically write and develop content that speaks to that need. And that's really vital. So creation or the ability to create is number three in the nine C's of social sales success. Number four, after curation and creation, is collaboration. So great social sales professionals are collaborators. And I'll talk a little bit about cooperation versus collaboration. So John C. Maxwell, one of my favorite, favorite authors, talks about the difference between cooperation versus collaboration. So cooperation is typically people that agree to do stuff for us or with us because they're obligated to do or it's part of their role. So for instance, someone in the product development team will cooperate with you because it's part of their job, but they don't necessarily collaborate. So collaboration is often when people go over and above what's required of them. They come together and work with us because we've connected with them at a personal level, at a values level, and truly what you're doing or the project you're doing is bigger than you or them. And so developing the ability to collaborate with other people, to connect at a values level, build relationship, and truly exchange ideas, that's a vital, vital skill for today's social sales professional because you're collaborating internally in multiple departments, but you're also collaborating with customers. Now, another aspect of collaboration is to leverage collaborative tools. So are you using tools like Slack, Google Hangouts, SlideShare, other popular mobile apps that allow you tools like Blab even to collaborate with your customers individually, privately, and publicly. The third thing when I think about collaboration, I also think about the fact that through partnerships, you're able to amplify your work and reach new marketing channels. So when I think of collaboration for myself, 
I've actually got a number of sales authors throughout North America that I collaborate with on a regular basis. We do two things. We amplify each other's work by sharing our content, our insights, and our business offerings with our respective networks, um, but also by collaborating with other people. Not only do you get your work amplified, but you get access to their networks. When Stephen Jagger and I, five years ago now, wrote Sociable together, one of the reasons why we did it is, yeah, we were both on the speaking circuit. We were both talking about sales and marketing. But to a large degree, there was only about a 10 or 20% overlap competitively. 80% of the people I've spoken to had never heard of Steve and vice versa. When we collaborated together on that book, what happened is we literally doubled the, our own respective markets. And so when we look at this, partnerships from a collaborative perspective can be massive. So again, the next C, number four in the nine C's of social selling success is collaboration. Number five is community. Community, the community you build and the community you're connected to is your long-term financial security. It's not your job. We know that we're going to have, I guarantee you, if you're in sales, no matter how great you are and how awesome that company is that you work for, it is likely that you're going to have at least nine sales jobs in your sales career. And so from that aspect, your community is something that has way more continuity than the industry uh, or the particular company you work for. And so establishing a strong community, both online and offline, is really, really vital. And this is key, too, is what your community says, what they say sells. It's not what you say about how awesome your products are or how great you are at servicing people or how great you are as a sales professional. It's actually what other people say about you. So building relationships and building community creates that network of credible referral sources. And also, your community can become, in many cases, partners in product creation. So the larger the community and the more you interact with them, the more business intelligence and great ideas you can develop and, in essence, more solutions you can generate. And so there's a real opportunity as a social sales professional to truly partner with your community, even innovation. Great example, I'm working with this organization right now, great organization called Hero X. And Hero X just does just that. They actually enable individuals and organizations to create challenges and rewards. So you might have a $20,000 challenge in your community to come up with an innovative solution that your clients are looking for. And you put that challenge out to your community and your whole community competes. And then the best idea um, gets the $20,000 prize. And so Hero X actually has a whole business model helping organizations, in essence, harness community for innovation or partner with community to develop products. And so this is an example of how community can be very powerful in the social selling arena. So are you embracing and creating community as a social sales professional? The next one, the next C, is combination. And combination is so important. Take the concept of us versus them or this versus that out of your mind and think about how do I combine things. So it's not LinkedIn versus Twitter in social selling. It's both. They both serve very different purposes in many cases. Uh, they'll give you access to different markets. My market on LinkedIn, although it's several thousand, still is limited compared to my market on Twitter. Often, LinkedIn is people you know or people who know people who you know. And it's often limited from a 
networking perspective. So if someone you don't know reaches out to you, unless they've got a ton of credibility or written a really nice pitch, I'll often delete the request if I don't know them. Yet on Twitter, culturally, for instance, or, or, or I guess, yeah, the culture of Twitter in many cases is that, you know what, it's kind of more like a networking function. So if you're tweeting away and you're from New York and you've never, ever, ever talked to me before, but if I reach out and ask you a question about your last tweet, we'll start an immediate dialogue and begin to build a relationship. So Twitter has an open networking advantage over LinkedIn. LinkedIn has a business intelligence advantage um, over Twitter and a much larger depth of media that you can share. And so from this perspective, I believe that it's not LinkedIn or Twitter. It's combining the two tools and using them at the right time. It's also not cold calling versus email. Sometimes the best thing you can do is pick up the phone. Sometimes it's going to be a cold email. It's also not online networking versus in-person networking. In fact, um, in-person networking makes your online networking more powerful. And your online networking is the continuity between your offline networking sessions. So you might only see someone once a month in person, but you see them 30 times online through social networks that month. And so I want you to think about how do I combine these tools and offline and online to maximize my sales success. So the ability to combine best practices and old and new school selling is another attribute or key C in social selling success. The next one is calendar driven. Motivation and inspiration are temporary. Absolutely. Most sales professionals I know have major ups and downs, even over one hour. We can have three great calls and then the fourth one just sucks. And someone beats us up emotionally, they say no to us, or we don't get the deal we expected, or something goes sideways, or something happens in the office, and next thing you know, we're no longer excited to make phone calls. You know, we might go for the extra long coffee break. Uh, We might take a couple days off after a great sale, actually, because we're so fired up, when really we should probably back at the office, because we all know the best way to celebrate a sale is by making another one. So why I say motivation, inspiration, or temporary is it's so vital that you live by your calendar. In addition to that, it also helps you prioritize your social sales activities and who you focus on. If you don't have a goal of who you're going to talk to and what profile of prospect you're going to talk to, in many cases, we'll tweet and LinkedIn and Facebook with the first person that comes across our dashboard instead of digging into our A category prospects and clients and nurturing those relationships. So a calendar helps us prioritize. Now, in addition to this, I'm also thinking about social salespeople. When I think about calendar, I'm actually really talking also about a social media or a content calendar. So do you have your theme for the month for your digital channels picked out or the target market you're focusing on? And have you broken that down by Twitter, LinkedIn, blog content, sharing and networking literally daily on what you're going to do within that social media calendar and set goals so that when you show up at work that day, you know what, the alerts start and you know your next step. And so it's never an emotional thing. And that will create consistency no matter how good or bad your day is going. You're going to be active socially and otherwise. The second to last C, and I'd say this is one of the most important ones, is commitment. And so this is C number eight in social sales success is commitment. So Gary Vaynerchuk, if you don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, look him up on Twitter at Gary V, uh, founder of Wine Library TV, uh, also now has a 200 person social media, 200 plus person social media agency, 
doing amazing things, um, multiple best-selling author. But one of the things you'll know about Gary is he was absolutely committed to his brand. Before there was any evidence of success, he followed through and followed through and followed through. In fact, he video blogged five days a week, and it wasn't until he hit video 148, which is a lot of weeks later, before he really started to see major ROI, return on investment, both in media, traffic, and sales in his business. In addition to this, just a very time-tested sales stat, and this is like this stat's been around since the beginning of time, is that 81% of all conversion business, so you switching someone else from one supplier to you, so 81% of all conversion business happens after 5 to 12 value-added touches and contacts with someone, whether it's combining phone call and person-to-person and email, Twitter interaction, all adding up, it's going to take 5 to 12 value-added contacts. If you give up after the third interaction because someone doesn't buy from you, you're going to miss most of the conversion opportunities. So a commitment to staying in touch with your contacts is vital. And the last part of commitment, which is really key, is when we set these goals, our social media calendar, um, our goals around growing our content, uh, footprints, all of these things, is it's so important to realize that it's not over till 1159 59 on the 31st or 30th of the month. Too many people quit on their sales and social media goals, you know, halfway through the month because they haven't got traction or they're not 50% of the way there. Resist the temptation to reset or change your goals or your quotas until you literally have pushed it as hard as you can until 11.59.59 on the final hour of the month. Because I've seen magic, even from a book writing perspective, I, you know, I don't want my publisher should know this, but you know, when I wrote Guerrilla Social Media Marketing with Jay Levinson, you know what? Our last three chapters really came in when we had 10% of our time left, and yet it's some of our best content in the book. And so it's amazing what happens when you push through in that goal and you work with the deadline. So, the last and one of the most important aspects, number nine of the nine C's of social selling success, is CRM you need a customer relations management tool. You know what? Whether you're using uh, Nimble, which I use, Nimble Social CRM, or using Salesforce, or using one of the many other tools out there, your CRM is absolutely vital. Number one, it organizes and aggregates all of your communications channels. Number two, it gives you feedback. And this is really important. So it's a dashboard and it's your coordinates on the map. So we talk about 1159.59 and pushing through to that goal. Your CRM will help you break down your success steps daily, keep you accountable to it, and help you measure how you're doing literally by the minutes. So you always know where you're at. And it also, over a period of time, helps you really forecast really well. So after even two or three months of sales data in a CRM, if you're not using one now, in two or three months from now, you're going to be able to accurately project what your revenues are and your success factors are just by tracking. In addition to this, most CRMs, like Nimble in particular, um, have a whole social selling aspect tied in so that you're able to pull in all the information from your prospect's account across multiple networks and have it updated in their contact um, field automatically. And so having a CRM helps you organize this whole process. It also now enables you to collaborate with your team and manage way more relationships and social networks than you could on your own. Another aspect of actually um, social CRM I find which is highly useful is I use a combination of Hootsuite and Nimble to help me really, really build 
a great process around social selling that keeps me organized, helps me schedule my content, and gives me a ton of data at the same time. So this is these are the nine C's of social selling success. So let's just let me review them quickly here for you again. These nine C's are also in the blog post for this podcast at closingbigger.net, but here they are. Your nine C's of social selling success are one, curiosity, two, curation, three, creation, four, collaboration, five, community, six, combination, seven, calendar driven, eight, commitment. Nine, CRM, or Customer Relations Management. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you apply this. I'd love some feedback. If you think there's another C I've missed, I'd love a tweet at Shane Gibson or a comment on my blog at ClosingBigger.net. This is Shane Gibson's podcast at ClosingBigger.net.